Welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Today's message will be brought to us by one of the men in our church that serve in the teaching ministry. So let's take our Bibles and prepare our hearts as one of the men in our church bring forth God's truth to us today. Well, I didn't uh, wish that I would die this week, but I did think a couple of times that I wish the Lord would come back before I got up to you. So that's not quite as bad as wishing you were dying. But um, Since we've been going through the life of Joseph, it, it took me back to a remembrance of when I was uh, young in, in Bible school uh, to uh, vacation Bible school, that's what it was. And a, a guy by the name of uh, Uncle Al was his name. I'm not, that wasn't his name, but uh, we called him Uncle Al. And he really brought the story of Joseph to life. I don't know if you remember... When Mr. Westco was here, and he went from auditorium edge to auditorium edge, talking about, I don't remember what story he was bringing to us, but he was just, Jonah, yeah, he was all over the auditorium, and he just captured you right in to the story, and made you just feel like you were right there. So, it sure, it sure has been exciting to go back through the life of Joseph, and tonight I wanted to uh, go back to his, you know, when he was a child. And start out there. We're going, to, we're going to be mostly in Genesis 37. Um, we will get all the way into 39, but we're just going to be skipping through. So I'm just going to say the chapter and the verse that I'm reading as I go through here. There's quite a few verses. Um, so Genesis 37 is where we'll be starting. Um, the, the title to the, the message tonight was uh, God using the trials of Joseph to take take him from good to great. Back in the beginning of uh, the story of Joseph as a little child, uh, Jacob and Rachel, sorry, I just trying to find a place. Jacob and Rachel, uh, long-awaited son, and it was really hard to imagine the whole scope of the story uh, with there being stepbrothers involved. So there's a lot of confusion as I was a kid as I listened to this story, but now as I've gotten older and I reread through it and uh, as we've been studying it each week uh, we can almost take a new uh, life you know principle something to live by every week we've been able to pull something new out of it that we just didn't realize before Um, each week uh, also as we work with the teens it's like we can draw a new aspect out of just a couple verses and and go over it for almost a a full hour with them so it's been great but being uh, the favorite son of Jacob and Rachel. Jacob made uh, Joseph a coat of many colors, which was a symbol of authority or leadership, which aggravated his uh, brothers very much. Uh, Joseph also, we learned that he was a dreamer, and God had given him at an early age dreams about his future, that he was able to see things that would transpire in his life. Again, that was something that we would read through and really just be able to see that from a whole different light again uh, than what we did when we were children reading this story growing up. Uh, His brothers could not speak peaceably about him. Um, Jacob was sent by his father to go spy on his brothers at one time. Um, I didn't read my verse for the... I'm sorry. Uh, Genesis... 37.3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors. 
Genesis 37, 5 was where the verse we were just talking about. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet even more. I don't ever think that Joseph was trying to be spiteful in the way he told his dreams. I think God was just really using him already in, in his life early on. Um, his brothers uh, could not speak peaceably, peaceably about him. Jacob would then be sent by his father to spy on his brothers. His brothers were very, uh, some of them wicked men, and were constantly um, getting into mischief, it seems like. Uh, one day, Joseph was sent out to check on his brothers in, in verse 37, Genesis 37, 13 through 17. Uh, and Israel said unto Joseph, do not thy brethren feed the, the, the flock in Shechem? Uh, come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whatever it, it, it be, well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring, me, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron. And he came to Shechem, and a certain man found him, and began, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and he asked the man, and he asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brother, and tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They, they are departed thence, for I heard them say, let us go to Doran, Do, Dothan, sorry. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Um, what amazed me through these verses here is that God just put people in the right spots at the right times to guide Joseph through life. And I think of how big, how big the places were that they were feeding these sheep and how small the towns were in comparison to how big the open spaces were and God just led Joseph right to the right time and the right moment to guide him through his journey in life. And we'll keep seeing that as we go through the verses that every time there was an exact timing of intersection with other people that God was just using that to, to move Joseph on through his journey that he had for him. His brothers were not where they were supposed to be that day. And finally one day his brothers had had enough and decided to end him. And through the compassion of one brother, they decided to sell him into slavery instead. Genesis 39.1. And Joseph was bought, brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Joseph, at this time, I try to imagine after his brothers betraying him and getting put onto some sort of a cart and hauled across the, through Timbuktu to Egypt, what must have been going through his mind to be taken out of his comfort zone and taken to a, a city such as where, where he was headed to. 
in Genesis 39, 2 through 12. And the Lord said unto Joseph, and he was a, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him, and he made him overseer over the house, and of all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer of the house, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the in which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and, and she said, lie with me. We all know where the story goes from here. Um, Joseph had such strong, uh, um, was able to resist the temptation that she was throwing out there. And he was, day after day she kept enticing him and still he resisted. And then one day she caught him alone and enticed him again, once again to lie with her. And he ended up running and fleeing out of the house and she grabs his coat and it was about this time in the story someone told me, it was one of my friends that said Joseph had a clothing problem. It was first his coat of many colors that got him into trouble with his brothers and this time his cloak got him into trouble with this girl. So I always thought growing up that she probably was not the nicest lady anyways. Um, I don't know what she was like, but um, obviously she wasn't a virtuous woman. Um, I do know that Joseph must have had an amazing walk with the Lord to go through everything that he went through up to this point in his life and always be able to do the right thing. God was continuing to work in his life, preparing him for what he had in store for him in his future. There's no way that Joseph could have ever known what, he was, what was ahead of him. It must, have been, it must have seemed so bad at times. But the Lord was with him and showed him mercy. Last night as I read this verse, um, it's not actually my text for today, but as I read this verse about God always being with him and showing him mercy, and I was thinking about how yet the Holy Spirit wasn't, to be, wasn't dwelling within people yet, but it was upon people, I believe. And that even in all the circumstances of being hauled through the desert and to a foreign land and going through all these circumstances of being tempted that he stayed close enough to the Lord that the Lord was always with him is something that really stuck out to me like it was new. And that brings us for the text to today. Um, God, God continued to take Joseph from good to great. People don't become great by accident. I remember thinking back to all the different people that I followed, it was mostly just basketball with my dad and, and thinking about all the different people that we would almost jump off the couch for when they made a goal or made a basket that was just undoable, you know, like didn't think it could be done and it, and it got done by somebody and we would just 
jump up and celebrate and we would just get so excited about watching the skills of people that I never really understood at that time that they had practiced a whole lifetime to gain those skills to be able to perform for that moment. Sometimes people will train a whole lifetime just to make one goal or to win one medal. Um, it's no different than what God has to do for us sometimes as we go through trials in life. God has to do for us, what God has to do to us to take us to the place where we can be greatly used for him. People don't just save nations without going through trials first. Joseph never could have done his job for God without all of the trials that God took him through first. Genesis 39, 20-23 um, is where we are right now. Uh, this brings us up to the point where Potiphar's wife had just falsely accused him. And Joseph's master, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison, and the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did, they did it there. They did there. He was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. Again, through this even worse trial, being put into a prison, locked up in chains, God was still able to use Joseph. I thought, as I went through this with the kids, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe if there wasn't even saving the whole country and his family later due to famine, maybe he was that much of an impact in the, in the, keepers, the prison keeper's life. You know, maybe even if God saw him in, that, in Joseph in that moment enough to entrust the whole jail to him, if that would have been the only thing that he went to, to Egypt for, would have been enough if he was influenced that guy's life and his family got saved. But I don't really know what happened there, but I just thought to be able to be put into those circumstances not knowing and not even being just, justfully accused to be put into that circumstance must have been humiliating. And to still have God's presence with you and still let your light shine and still be a helper to the, the prison keeper in such a way that he entrusted everybody to you was quite an overwhelming thought to think how, how much God had used him in that, that time. Again and again, through all these uh, trials that he went through in life, God was showing him and teaching him things that he needed to learn. I don't really know. I can't really find where he was doing anything wrong in life. I mean, I don't. I heard some people say that he might have been prideful from the way he was raised. God had to teach him things through all these trials. I don't really see that in the scriptures. I, I, maybe I'm missing it. But 
what I do always see is that he kept a really close relationship with God to the point where God was always shining out of him no matter where God took him. How do we handle trials in our life? I thought back to uh, when we first started coming to fellowship. We, we I just left a job that was, uh, I'd gotten fired, oh, not fired, I guess I'd left it, but um, life was upside down when we came here. I think it was, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And I remember, I think it was, we'd come a couple times, we were actually driving all the way from Coldwater to try to find a church before we moved over here. And I remember we went to pastor's house on a Sunday afternoon and I just felt like we had found a place of healing. And we went through a lot of trials uh, from that point forward on to now. And I was looking back on them last night and thinking that God definitely used them all for for some reason in our lives in in different ways in all of them. The trials were overcome and we came came through them. Still, have, still having our family and the important things. Um, unfortunately, money was usually the important thing that I was looking at and always judging life off of how successful we were financially. But how do we handle trials in our life when they are sent our way? Are we still radiant with God's joy and love? Not usually. As a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us all the time. We have his word at our access at all time. I want to encourage you tonight as trials come in and out of our lives, do not let, do not, do not let them steal our joy and forget what God is using them for in our lives to take us from good to great. Things would have been really different for Joseph if he would have known what he was there for, but he didn't. And he, chugged down through all those experiences, gaining little and little each time. And as I watched the teens come through, I did. When, when Ben asked me to start helping three or four years ago, I had so many issues myself, I didn't think that I would be able to ever, ever be a help to the teens. So it's been a, a long journey for myself too, as we've con- gone through the last four years. And I certainly never thought that I would be up here. But teaching the teens has really changed my life as well. Um, spending more time in the Word. Sometimes you have to be forced to do things before you do them in life. I have uh, one verse to end with. First Peter 1.7 That the trials of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth. Through it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus. Thank you. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.